Hello and congratulations to you, lucky listener. This is the Pony Hour and we are back, completely 100% back, the way it once was and the way it's going to be from now on. I am so excited about a lot of things, but let's get it started. I am here with the original co-host of the show. I mean, truly one of the greats. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Ari Manis is here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. It's just you and I. Wow. No guests. We're back to our roots. A lot of people don't know. There's no way for them to know that... that, uh, you uh, left the podcast game at the Comedy Store, went, rebuilt your own studio, mm-hmm. and you have your own show, Unlicensed Therapy, and uh, you run a lot of other great shows, Punky Johnson and Ahmed Weinberg show. Mm-hmm. and uh, Ahmed. Ahmed. Sure. That's yeah. how the white people in the Midwest <laughs> will enunciate it correctly. He gets very upset when people say Ahmed. Well, no, he, he, he better get used yeah. to being upset. <laughs> And uh, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so excited. We're Thank back, you. Ari Manis. This is it. The we Pony s- Hour. We started it together, you and I, and we're going to end it together as old men. Due to popular demand, you are back. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I uh, We started this, and then I booked the Monster Energy Outbreak Tour towards the end of 2017, and I got slammed. I did a couple more episodes uh, after that and since then, but it just wasn't the same. Didn't exactly feel uh, 100% correct and i think it's because i was missing a limb it was you it's me baby i uh am the yin to your yang that's true and uh i'm very excited we're back we are in a uh we are in the manis shin the mansion this is i know if you're listening or even watching Mm -hmm. this looks like a professional state-of-the-art podcast studio in los angeles california it's true this looks just like Below the Belt with Brendan Shaw or uh, or, uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast. This past weekend. But in actuality, this is in my one-car garage. Yes. Right off Hollywood Boulevard. We are feet away from a busy street. We could Mm. almost get hit by a car at any given moment. If there's a drunk driver that was trying to get us in here, they could. Mm -hmm. That's true. Luckily, there's not that many drunk drivers at uh, 12.15 in the afternoon. Hopefully. But I'm excited to be back with you, man. And before we get into just talking, you know, a normal episode of the Pony Hour, a show about being inspired and and, uh, trying to have fun with life and little lessons learned here and there, I'm going to run through some real quick uh, dates I have coming up. We have uh, three Kill Tonys next week in Philadelphia. Two of them are sold out. The other one's going to sell out. And I have four stand-up shows that weekend in Philadelphia, the 22nd and the 23rd. Uh, so all in one week, you're doing three Kill Tonys yeah. in Philadelphia and then four stand-up shows. Well, doing two Kill Tonys on Thursday, two stand-up shows on Friday, a Kill Tony Saturday afternoon that was just added. It's about to sell out and then two stand-up shows after that. That's wild. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this, if you uh, come see me right now, it's uh, it's a lot of new stuff. Even if you just saw me in Philly uh, eight months ago, it's about 70, 80% um, brand new. Thank you to Kevin Spacey, Michael Jackson, and transgender <laughs> athletes, and uh, and a few other a few other great things. Ali Wong, for, yes, thank you, Ali <laughs> Wong, for helping me with my new hour just by being you, just by being so special. Uh, going to St. Louis for the I think second time ever. I'm doing Helium Comedy Club there, That's April fourth, fifth, and sixth, with a Kill Tony on the fourth. 
And then Levity Live in West Nyack, New York. That's a Kill Tony on the 11th. Four stand-up shows after that. Uh, an arena with Joe Rogan on 420. No big deal. In San Diego, right? Yeah. San Diego, California, my hometown. That's Go a big check one. out Tony Hinchcliffe. That's your hometown? San Diego, yeah. Uh, I'm doing a Kill Tony there on April 28th at the La Jolla Comedy Store. April That's already 20th. sold out. And they were so impressed. It sold out so quickly without me even announcing it. That they have offered me, I do believe that this is almost official, because they just offered it to me during Brody's memorial the other night, the entire weekend, the 26th and the 27th. Have you ever Very done La Jolla sad. with me? I did once. You did? But, uh, did you have the time of your life? Again. Yeah, it was an amazing time. Would you like to do it again? I would. On the 26th and 27th of I'm April? There. That might be something that would interest you? Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's let's pencil that in. Let's, let's plan for that. Come see me. Tell my jokes. I yeah. should have at least two new ones since the last time you saw me. Parlor Live in Bellevue, Washington, May 31st and June 1st. I always go there. That's basically my Seattle hang. That's a really big deal. Gramercy Theater has their own Kill Tony. New York, New York. That's a big deal. Gramercy MFN Theater. That Thursday, June 20th. It's unbelievable. And then we stay there for Skankfest, the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. I'm with Rogan the weekend after that, doing arenas in Atlantic City and Baltimore. This and is too many dates. Go to TonyHinchcliffe.com. I know. This is just That's too it. many to You're list. right. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Uh, Miami, to- Pittsburgh, Fort Worth, and a lot of other places. Uh, You're busy. I'm he's busy. He's very busy, and he's probably coming to a place near you. And you get it. I, yeah. Everything I do, it's off the live shows. Clearly, this podcast is free. Clearly, there's mm-hmm. no ads being read on this podcast. Not yet. So, right. So come see me live, support um, one of the top Young Rising comedians in the world. That's right. And And Ari Manis. And me sometimes. But also, just so you know, when you watch Kill Tony on YouTube, it's not the same as when you go see it in real life. You might think it is. It isn't. Same Uh, thing when you watch specials on Netflix. When you watch one shot on Netflix, you go, I've seen Tony. I get what it's about. You don't. You you got to see it live. You got to see it in person. It's a different energy. It's a different thing. Especially with one shot. You know, one shot to me is an anomaly. And I I don't think I've ever really told this story before, but I'll tell it right now as a way to get right back into things. Let's do it because I'm about to tape my next special. And so, you know, you reflect a lot about your first special. I think a lot of people weren't in the same position that I was in. I made my own first special. I went, I shot it myself. I took a camera guy out there. I told him what I wanted him to do. Had the sound guy there plug into the main board. I um, I uh, really produced it myself with the help of my friend Ben Wolfenson. And um, made it myself, basically sold it myself in Montreal, uh, talking with, um, some of the Netflix execs there that were hanging out with me because Chappelle was hanging out with me and they wanted to know why Chappelle was hanging out with this, uh, basic white dude that they didn't really know that well. And, um, I told them that I have a special that I think would be perfect for their platform because commercials would just break up the continuity and it worked. Sold it to Netflix, a licensing deal for two years from January 2016 to January 2018, which is exactly what you want, if you're wondering, on Netflix. I got very lucky there by being one of the last licensed specials that they did because after a while of being on Netflix, you disappear to the very back anyway. Right. right, and then you could take it and do whatever you want with it. Exactly. Now I YouTube. own it. Now it's everywhere. Now it's on YouTube, gathering a bunch of views, and people from around the world are finding me for the first time through that. Anyway, 
But the truth be told is that I was extremely unhappy with that set. Extremely. It's probably one of the worst sets I've ever done before. I shot it here in Los Angeles. Big mistake. Because everybody in the crowd that would want to come to my special taping has already seen me run parts of that hour-long set numerous times. So they've seen all the jokes. Not just once, but... You know, maybe two or three times if they're a diehard Tony Hinchcliffe fan that was coming to see me a few times that the last couple years. They've seen it. Um, and uh, Joey Diaz, I had open up for me. I'm like, who better to get the party started than Joey Diaz? Have him do 15, <laughs> 20 minutes. Uh, and I think he took it as a... Uh, I think he took it as a... Uh, Follow let's, this shit. Yeah, let's see what you could do, kid. You want me yeah. to fucking open for you for uh-huh. your special? <laughs> and at the time, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on Netflix. And I think that, um, I think that he really uh, blasted off, sort of like I would do. If you had, if you had, if you asked me to open up for you, yeah, you're not gonna your, half-ass it. No, I'm gonna. Yeah, fucking, you're gonna go do your best shit. Yeah, as a favor to you and as a favor to me. And uh, and he really did. And there's just so much, you know, the the cameraman was a little bit wobbly, a little bit sort of sailboaty with his steady cam. wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Him and I are f- friends. We laugh about it all the time and about how unsteady his camera was on I that I mean, listen, night. you did something that no one else had done. Right. Is it perfect? No. But it right. was a unique thing. It was your first special, and it's only going to get better from yeah, there. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. only going to get better from there cuz like I said, it was just one of my worst sets. But what are you yeah. going to do? You taped a fucking it thing. It also yeah. from my perspective, you could correct me if I'm wrong. But at that time when you did that, you were headlining but you weren't headlining like you are now. Right. You weren't running around the country doing hour long sets all the time. You had right. maybe ran that hour in completion a handful of yeah. times. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, so, you know, yeah. Yeah, tens and tens of times. Yeah. But so, now I've literally, since that special yeah. came out, I mean, I have just been everywhere. Hundreds That's what and I mean. hundreds it's and hundreds of times. It's going to be more polished right. this time. It's going to be That special smooth. gave me the opportunity to make my real first special. Yeah. Because that was, let's face it, that was a, a robbery. You know what I that mean? Was like, a warm up. I got in and got to make a dent, and now we're playing hardball. And uh, I'm really excited about things. You know, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of my peers and a lot of my friends are excited about what we're about to do here. Um, talking about a lot of crazy stuff, and and stand up's fun. It is fun. I love it more than anything. And more uh, than women. Uh, more than a New York slice of pizza. Wife. I love my wife so much. I've talked about this with her. I actually told her the same thing that I've told all my ex-girlfriends when I first meet them. When I first met my wife, I go, just to let you know. And I go, and I've told all my ex-girlfriends this. And it's nothing against you, but stand up and my work will always come first. And she liked it. And then, um, and then a few months ago, I told her, I gave her the compliment. I go, you know what? I think I love you more than stand-up comedy. Wow. And it blew her mind. You know what I'm saying? Got yeah. that dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> very nice of you to say to her. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's been a rough uh, couple weeks here in the stand-up community in Los Angeles. Uh, we lost uh, one of my favorite mentors, one of my favorite people, a guy that taught me so much, the great Brody Stevens. You know, Brody changed my life, Ari. Did you know that? How so? Um, because when I first started out, uh, he really liked me. He would give me rides back to where I lived with my brother in Burbank, California, which is not a short trip from here. Um, 
late at night. Uh, we would have diner trips. We would uh, we would just hang. It was very mellow. I was very quiet back then. I was a fly on the wall, just trying to absorb and you learn. You quiet? Yeah, very quiet. I'd like to see that. Well, I mean, it was that way. I was a quiet door guy my first year. I just stayed out of everybody's way. I was like a young Sebastian Maniscalco. You soaked it in, and then you. That's right. Bounced. That's exactly what my plan was, and that's pretty much how it went. And but Brody took me under his wing, and one of the things that was happening back then was he had um, he was working with Zach a lot, who was at the top of his game, and he had just filmed The Hangover, which was a really big deal, and uh, you know, and he's bragging to me about all this stuff, telling me to, um, to explaining to me how important it is to be positive and live a positive lifestyle and be nice to people was one of his main things, and. And um, and it helped me a lot because at that time I was thinking maybe I could be the ultimate bad guy. Maybe I could just be the king of the haters and, you know, uh, really own it. And the more I thought about that and even him and I had conversations about this because we would sort of politely debate it because I was saying maybe that's good for you, Brody, but maybe it's just not for me. And then, you know. He mentioned, like, what kind of fans would you end up with? What, who's going, who do you want buying your tickets? Who do you want in your audience? Some people that just love haters, or do they, or do they have pizzazz? Do they, can they go both ways? Can they be positive and, you know, cool and have an actual freaking life? Or do you just want these toxic people? And it really helped me, um, clarify my style and everything it made me become a better writer it made me become a better person um and you know i I haven't been the nicest guy in the world certainly you know maybe to certain people right but certain people you are the nicest guy in the world exactly and uh it just helped me tremendously because a lot of places and parts of my life in the past 12 years where i would have uh stormed off and said f you and burnt bridges i definitely didn't because of um because of brody and you know him and i have gotten into many vicious arguments one of them uh he periscoped himself and put on the internet which has uh probably been seen a lot lately i watched that one yeah Yeah. and um you know it's one of those ones where he was wrong uh in that argument <laughs> no one's perfect. He, he was wrong. He, you know, was videotaping at the comedy store, and I had something that I wanted to open up with that night specifically, right from the top. And I realized he was still recording, and it really pissed me off that night. And, um, you know, but that's what happens. That happens in life is you get in a fucking when you work with people every single night. It's like the locker room. That video uh, that's out there with me and Brody arguing is like a uh, uh. It's like if somebody was periscoping a locker room. That's the comedy yeah. store, and that's basically the green room. Is that ho- original room? Green room is that hallway, and um, you know it's out there, and it's one of those things to where you just got to deal with it, man. And it sucks that it's out there, and it sucks that he videotaped that night. But that's part of life. Is uh, yeah, having these unexplainable I mean, anomalies. Hopefully, what people realize is you guys made up after that. Shortly after that, he was on Kill Tony three days later. Yeah, I was on his were, podcast a few weeks ago. We're good friends, but extremely you know, good friends. People on the internet sometimes. <clears throat> well, yeah, they're idiots. They're idiots. I had Brody in here. Yeah. on my podcast. And we actually talked a lot about mental health yeah. and his medication yeah. and stuff like that. And of course, after 
he passed, rest in peace, I'm getting comments on on the video. Y- you killed him. You didn't help him right. good enough. Oh, these just people. Just delete them, you know? Yeah, yeah just, these people are crazy. Yeah, they just don't know. Um, And they're lonely, and they want to think that they know what the hell's going on off of some, you know, 10-minute thing that they watch or a right. podcast or something they they're so lonely that they're like ah uh, you could have you know it's like what the fuck are you, you don't you didn't yeah, know him people you didn't are know crazy him. they don't know anything they're, we're talking about tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hours of hanging with somebody and you watch a few minute clip on the internet and you think you have any idea what the hell was going on so you know that exists and it's been a it's been a rough patch, really. De- Brody's death is the hardest one I've ever dealt with in my entire life, oh. ever. My grandma, in fact, the only grandparent I ever had, uh, the only one that was alive when I was born. She was basically my babysitter when I was a child. My grandma passed away uh, last week, one hundred years and I'm six months old. And At least she lived a long, great life. Yeah, she lived a years. long, great yeah. life, and that's why it's sort of. I, I realized that day, I'm like, I'm sort of glad this is happening now because it's getting buried in all this Brody grief, you know? Brody uh, completely disguised, basically, the death of my grandma because I haven't been able to shake it. Yesterday was okay. I was expecting the day before that, which was the day after the memorial, to be uh, better, but uh, that was one of the worst days because my... I promised myself, I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> we have this Brody Memorial coming up. The first one was on the Tuesday, and then we had to wait another week for the Monday one. Yeah, the big one. Yeah, the big one. And I'm like, okay, so we'll do the Monday Memorial, and then after that, starting that Tuesday, I'm going to let up on this, all right? I'm going to begin the process of putting it behind me, which means what? Which means basically forgetting about it, right? You know what I mean? Not forgetting about Brody, but forgetting, about, you know what I mean? Just pushing it. Yeah. Pushing the death part back. Putting it on a back burner. Accepting it. And then so Tuesday it. morning I wake up thinking about all the crazy shit I saw the night before. Bigger memorial than Mitzi Shore, by the way, at her house. Had you asked me, had this happened a year ago, and I would have said, this is the biggest, craziest comedy memorial I've ever seen in my life. The only one that could be bigger than this will be Mitzi Shore's. And I would have been wrong. Because we saw Mitzi Shores, yeah. and it wasn't as powerful as Brody's. No. And um, it's the biggest comedy memorial ever that I've ever, that any of us have ever seen in our span. And uh, and then come the next morning, I'm like, okay, well, we thought about what happened last night. Let's put it behind us. And I'm literally like, oh, as, as like cheesy as this sounds, I'm like, wow, well, putting him, putting it behind me, means that he's actually dying now. Like, it's like, that's death, right? Is like trying to not think about somebody. Like, and so then I'm like, ugly, I'm like trying to not like ugly cry because I'm thinking about how sad that is. Anyway, so, you know, rest in peace. Stephen Brody Stevens. Stephen Brody Stevens, A huge influence on me. I, 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 I can't stress that enough. So, you know, life goes on. On to the next one. The good thing is, the, the good thing of this death, in my opinion, is that I think every death's going to be easier after this. I've done a lot of math on this, and I think that, um, I think that uh, it's really going to make everything easier. Because it's a suicide. He was hilarious. 
no one really saw it coming right like that and also i think that he would have been so happy with his memorial Mm. and all the attention his death got one of the cool things and i mean i wasn't gonna like brag about this but I'll, i'll i'll mention it since you brought up how happy he would be is uh one of the cool things that happened was is on the Friday night before this memorial, um, three days before his memorial, uh, I was sitting in the back bar. I was getting ready to do a spot, the back VIP bar, and it's me and Ron White and Eric, the general manager of the comedy store. And Ron White had busted out his tequila, <laughs> number one tequila. He's the guest on Kill Tony on Monday, by the way. No big deal. Anyway, um, he busts out his tequila, and we're all sipping it because he makes you try his great tequila every time he sees you, no matter how many times he's shared it with you. And it is unbelievable tequila. It really is award-winning, blah, 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 blah. And we're all sipping tequila, doing little baby shots and whatnot, and um, and Eric's getting a little, you know, Eric's getting a little bit loosened up. And I mentioned, uh, I'm like, you know, it would be great is if we had a, uh, if we put Brody in the big hallway with Robin Williams and Jim Carrey and Richard Pryor. So at the comedy store, there's like, you know, 5,000 headshots, normal size, you know, piece of paper size headshots of, of everyone, basically, that's ever been a paid regular there. And in the hallway from the back to the main room, there are giant headshots, like a poster size. Actually, I can tell you they're 24 inches across, 30 inches up and down, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's pretty big, pretty fat and and, and stocky, you know. And uh, Pauly Shore, Robin Williams, Richard Pryor, Jim Carrey. Uh, giant names. Whoopi Goldberg. Movie stars. Yeah. Um, Gary Shandling. And I told Eric, I go, you know, it'd be great is if we made uh if we made Brody one of those giant posters and he says you know a couple people have mentioned this to me uh if you can get it done if you can print it and you frame it and you have it here by Monday morning I promise you I'll have Juan Carlos hang it up and I go it's on the next day communicated with the great Troy Conrad he sent the greatest straight on picture of Brody Stevens um printed it up at the uh whatever the FedEx Kinko's thing shaped it out the frame the frame was the hardest part because 24 by 30 is actually an odd number it's usually like 24 by 36 or whatever so I had to go to a frame store on the Sunday because I I fucked up and waited to get the I took care of the printing of the picture on Mm -hmm. Saturday I'm like I'll get the frame on Sunday no matter what then all the frame stores are closed all frame stores are closed there's one place shout out to Phil's frugal frame store (laughs) in Westwood I had to go all the way to Westwood and man it just couldn't have been easier they're like 24 by 30 black frame you want glass you want plexiglass with less shine and won't break I'm like let's go plex you know what I mean I just went big on everything because it's going to be at the comedy store forever and we got Brody up in the main hallway and that is by the way, that's never happened since I've been there. It's an amazing honor. And, and you know, the point is, I just yeah. think Brody would love it. That was a long rambling rant. That he wasn't, would. This he would. If I've, you're walking down the comic store hallway and you see that picture of Brody. You know what I love about the Pony Hour? It's not funny at all. <laughs> it's a real break from comedy. You would think, oh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Uh, joke writer, stand-up comedian. That's not, what happens not, when I'm, you put me on a podcast. I kind of dull it all. No, no, no. It's me. Yeah. Admittedly, it's me. You're the you're. If anything, you're the comic relief on this. I'm not a silly guy. 
A lot of people can talk about fucking, you know. You can be. Rambling, bambling, dibbity bop, and like, I, I can be. But yeah, you're a real person too. You're not on 100% of the time. Yeah, and I'm not into that. People think that too. You'll, they'll meet me after a show. And they'll yeah. be like, you're so funny. And they're yeah. like, how come you're not right. being funny right now? I'm like, because yeah. I'm a normal guy. Yeah, why would I'm you a human being. Be? Yeah, be exhausted. idiot. Yeah, you freaking moron. So, you know, other than that, life's been good, been uh, chilling a lot, a lot of, uh, lot of work, obviously, just got back from Europe, um, which was a very fun and then, uh, again, traumatic experience. I had one day left when I found out about Brody's death and uh, the hotel room shrunk to a small size. It felt a lot like this garage. And uh, Did you already tell the story of how you found out? I haven't. I haven't told it on a podcast. I think it's a great story. I uh, I was on stage on my Friday night show, so I would had five nights in London solo shows. <laughs> oh. I don't think Brody wants me to tell the story. <laughs> oh. Fuck yeah. So, um, I was on stage the Friday night, and... Um, you know, it's a one-hour show. I was my opener, my feature, and my closer. So in London, they don't really do like, "Hey, your next comedian." They're just like, you just walk out. Wow. And uh, they're there to see you, and you better bring it right from the get. So you got to win them over quick. Not necessarily easy to do. Not definitely not as fun as when you go up after the crowd's already warmed up. Right. And you know, on the Monday night, I don't know what references work yet. I don't know if they even have. You know, whatever, Subway or, uh, you know what I mean, or whatever your references might be. or yeah, Anyway, um, so I have it all worked out. And the Friday, by the time I get to Friday, it's bumping. And it was the most fun set of all the nights at that point so far. And it was just a well-oiled machine. This was the show that sold out first. And, like, Fridays are bumping in London. They're pretty conservative throughout the week, Different, a little bit different than L.A., or Texas or whatever. And so the Friday night show's bumping and I literally hit one hour and I'm like, thank you so much. You know, that's where I would normally end my set. But uh, just for shits and giggles, I'll uh, I'll take some questions. If anybody has any questions for one of the top young rising comedians in the world, I'm happy to do it. And I mean, I was just flying with momentum at that point. And I... Uh, my phone's always on airplane mode when I'm on stage. One almost 100% of the time, 99.2% of the time, it is on airplane mode so that um, you so don't get that, interrupted. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah, because it stops your recording even if you get a phone call. Mm-hmm. And also, an interesting thing is, not only is my phone always on airplane mode, but I always have the side thing switched off so that even if it isn't on airplane mode. You can't hear my ringer. Well, right. for some reason, on this night, my airplane mode was off and my ringer was on. So when I said whatever about the Q and A, uh, I actually hear ka-ching, which is the is my phone ringer for some of my friends is the sound of, uh, the beginning of the song "Money" from Pink Floyd. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And I look, and I have good eyesight, even though, so the stool's like six feet away, but I can still see from where I'm standing, Matt Edgar calling. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is my first friend in stand-up comedy. We started within a week of each other. We took wow. the same path, wanting to get jobs at the comedy store, getting jobs at the comedy store, which at the time was the most toxic, dark, 
empty club you could possibly find. How they were still open was a goddamn anomaly. That's a big part of, I think, the whole story and everything is like, we took a leap of faith in the first place. Anyway, so I thought it'd be cool to take the call, have the audience say hi, and tell them that I'd call them back, right? So I see Matt Edgar calling. I take the call. I go, hey, I'm like, oh, hey, guys, my friend's calling. Let's take the call. Because the set had been so crazy, I can do no wrong. It's not like I'm, I'm bumbling yeah. after a rough set, like, oh, maybe my friend can help me out, you know? No, it was just fun. Right. So I literally go, everybody say, I go, hi, Matt. Everybody say, hi, Matt Edgar. Hi, Matt Edgar. I'm like, Matt, I'm on stage in London right now at the Soho Theater. What's up, buddy? He goes, uh, oh, um, how's it going man and i literally said i go why do you sound like one of our friends just died and the crowd laughs you know he goes uh because he did and i go you're kidding and he goes no i go you're kidding he's like no i'm like all right i'm taking you off speakerphone because i had him on speakerphone yeah so i take him off speakerphone i go what's up i'm still on stage and everything and he goes are you you sure you want me to uh uh tell you in front of all these people and the way he was sort of like uh uh i'm like this is a joke so I put him back on speakerphone again. I go, okay, tell me. And he goes, Brody Stevens is dead. <laughs> I mean, dude. The crazy you part. Know, you wouldn't even see that in a movie. That's just crazy. The only people that will ever fathom this story are the people that were actually there, which is, you know, whatever. A few, couple, few hundred people at the Soho Theater Brody that got night, you one more time. Which I think will be deeply... I think they were deeply affected by that. You want to yeah, talk about a piece of art because <laughs> they watched the smashing. It took five days to get it as good as it was for London. Tweak the references, change this to Brexit, change that to Theresa May. You know what I mean? All these little adjustments that you make to tighten things up throughout the week. They saw me pour, you know, whatever, my heart into a stand-up comedy set. And then they're literally watching what was, uh, you know, uh, go me go from, you know, whatever rock star swagger to just sort of like an empty hollow shell. And I'm sort of like, all right, I'll, uh, I guess I'll call you back in a few minutes, Matt. He's like, all right, talk to you in a few minutes. And I'm, I literally sort of go back to the, Think, Q, the Q yeah, and a because naturally natu- yeah. right naturally i'm still i gotta perform I'm like well my friend died like i think i even made a joke like that and like still a few people are like ha 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 the rest of the people mind you if you're coming to see me i had months to prep for the pre- months to promote these shows the friday was the first show to sell out um these are real comedy fans. So my point is at least probably 40 60% at least of that audience knows who Brody Stevens yeah. is. Especially since, mind you, they're all fans of Kill Tony. Yeah, There's he's been no, on the show. Yeah. Been on the show 10. You've been on Brody's show? It's, multiple times. Yeah. I was Brody's first ever guest on his first ever podcast, the Brody Stevens Experiment number one, me and Benji Aflalo. And, uh, <clears throat> And I said, uh, you know, and I literally go, uh, I think I said like, so, uh, back to the, uh, Q and a, and someone was like, uh, what was it? You know, something about Brody, Steven, tell us about Brody from the back of the room. And I'm literally like, and that's when it started to really, like, I mean, I was just sort of like, ah, I didn't say anything. Like I remember staring out just really, man, 
all of a sudden just like confused. And I believe, I can't quite remember. I sort of feel like somebody was like, you should go. <laughs> like, I feel like I sort of heard and it. You just ended that. You're like, and All I right, literally I'm go. At, and I literally remember, I remember this part. I remember saying, yeah, yeah, I, I think I, I think I have to go. I think I, I think I should go. And half the crowd's like, yeah, like they're like, because <laughs> wow. I was just out of it, out of it. That I was, is so weird. Well, you know what's crazy is that anybody else, it's sad, it's weird, right? And it is. It's definitely sad, it's weird, it's all that. But my God, if you know, it's it's Brody Stevens. This is a guy that closed shows. He was the Mariano Rivera of the comedy store. This is a guy that you could count on to be the button on the end of a wild night. He, He exemplified I don't know if that's the right word. He was what the comedy store was, a risk-taking, completely different. You might not like him at all. You might fall in love uh, type of comedian. Unorthodox, completely different. And again, this is a guy much like Sebastian, much like myself. Like It's like you can't judge a guy like that off of his specials. Until you've seen him live, like it's like that. He's a live comedian. Nothing else like it. I've seen Sebastian, and this is not a diss to Sebastian at all. Obviously, he's doing just fine. But again, I don't think his comedy translates to a special. I could say the same thing about my special, and I'll say the same thing about Brody's special. That takes nothing from them. I don't even need to throw myself in the mix. Let's just make it about Sebastian and Brody. Like it's like I'm, I'm, I'm Sebastian's special. It's a whole nother thing live. Are great. Point. Right. Yeah. He's. His specials are great. Brody's special was great. But it's a whole nother thing live. Truly a whole nother thing live. It's like comparable to maybe Pink Floyd, right? I mean, you hear anybody who's ever gone to a Pink Floyd show say yeah. literally the best show they've ever seen in their lives. Because they spend tens of millions of dollars on lasers and lights and all the shit that other people have, but not to the level that they do, to where you're watching holograms floating in front of you and a hand they comes out. They create a unique experience. Yeah. Brody's personal. I mean, this has, I'm not going to be the first person to say it, but I'm a door guy at the comedy store. I've watched everyone do their sets yeah. hundreds of times, countless amount, to the point where I don't like stand-up comedy. I right. don't like watching right. stand-up comedy. Same. I leave the room for yep. 90% of people's sets. Yep. I don't pay attention. I tune out comedy. Yep. Brody was one of two or three people yep. where I'm like, I'm going to go in the room and Same. watch Brody. It's Brody Stevens and Brian Holtzman. Maybe I'll walk through on a Diaz or a Rogan every once in a while, but that is it. I mean, when I say that's it, I mean that's it. Sebastian, I'll walk through. Like, I mean, which walk through means literally I will, if I see that they're on and I'm up later to, and I'm wanting to check and see what, when, how the lineup's working, who's here, that means I'll walk through the back door and across the back. Basically, just getting a... I'll check it out. Right. Getting a feel for it. Even Chappelle. I could I could yeah. watch Chappelle for about a minute and a half and be like, God, he's so good. And then I'm out of there. Yeah. Literally, the last two sets of comedy that I've watched were two Brody Stevens main room sets from the back in a booth by myself and firing off stuff. Brody was one of the guys that you could play with. Hey, Brody, it's been a tough week, huh? You know, you set him up for jokes. And 
you know, he would set you up too. He'd build you up. Tony Hinchcliffe's here. There he is. I helped him big time. Took him from being a door guy to one of the top rising. He'd never get it right. One of the top rising comics on the universe, you know. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, that was one of the... Oh, so my point was, is like, you know, what makes it even crazier was that it was the first set that was coming to a close since he died in comedy time zone wise so it's almost it, to me as crazy as this sounds to me it's almost like he was in heaven right in an imaginary world where all this shit exists you know uh he's in heaven literally like wow look at the controls up here you know what i mean like oh tony's wrapping up in london oh okay well you know what i mean like it's almost literally like he's getting the feel for all this crazy stuff up there he's like oh look at that these guys are all oh everybody's finding out right now in la Ooh, afternoon time and he's like oh tony just hit an hour maybe matt you know what i mean it's like i don't know but it just seemed i looked it took me it took me a whole nother, uh, I believe, two days, I feel like it was, for me to literally go, you know what? I want to see what time I got that phone call. Because you could look at your recording, because it automatically stops yeah. and saves. And it was literally one hour, 12 seconds. So one colon zero zero colon one two. And it's like, how? what are the odds that I get that call? Not... 40 minutes in, not an hour, 20 minutes in. Literally, I was just, I literally had just said, that's where this set would end if this was my special taping, but uh, it's Friday night, I'll take a few questions. Ka-ching! Like, it was literally all in one motion. And I couldn't believe it when a couple days later, I'm like, it had to be almost exactly an hour. And an hour, 12 seconds is... You know, that gives time for you hitting the button and literally saying, uh, that's where the set went in. I'll take some questions. And it's like, you know, it that's yeah. that's the 12 seconds. So it's like, oh, well, give him an hour and then let's close this set. Like, it's like <laughs> how I hear it. Like, it's what are the odds? Anybody else? It's just, ah, you got that call. But to me, it almost felt like a extra Brody to be like, you know, or well, we, I won't, I won't, I won't interrupt the hour. You know, but it's like, boom. The first set he could influence every set after that, eight hours later, when the comedy store is going, everybody's talking about Brody. Yeah. You know, you may not know this, but one of our friends, you know, probably opening and closing their sets with a Brody thing. And, uh, but he hit me first, and it was, Jesus, man. The crazy part was that that night wasn't even that crazy. Like, it was like, sort of just like, I had actually, you know, Omid Singh. You guys are close. Mm -hmm. He was in town that night, and he was at the Comedy Store in London, which has no relation to the Comedy Store in L.A., but um, as a door guy here, you always hear that there's another Comedy Store in Sydney, Australia, and London, England. Right, I planned to check it out, and I knew he was in town, and we had planned on that Friday night being the night. And I, uh, I had finished my set, all that stuff had happened, and I just wanted to follow through. I def- definitely didn't want to be alone at that point, right? And I had my uh, local contact manager, like uh, my uh, management company that I've been with for years is actually based out of London, so they had wanted me to come there for a long time, blah, 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 blah. So I'm hanging out with my contact there, Francis, who's basically at that time my manager, right? Because he's the London manager, yeah. so he's your manager. 
and he, you know, he was, he saw the end of my set. He saw how shaken up I was, shook it, sh- whatever, uh, shook I was after my set. And he goes, you know, what do you want to do? Anything you want? Blah, 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 blah. We could do anything. Um, you know, grab some food, whatever. I'm like, no, let's stick, uh, let's stick to the plan. I'm going to go see, uh, I'm going to go see Omid. I'm going to go see the comedy store. Because I was still on just cruise control. Yeah. I mean, nothing, still nothing had hit me yet. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, it's now only probably been 20 minutes that, maybe 30 minutes that I had been off stage and uh, we snuck out quickly instead of doing a meet and greet upstairs on that Friday night, which took forever all the other nights. I'm like, let's just get out of here. That was, uh, that was my gift to myself. And it's only a, uh, I believe, like a 10-minute walk from the Soho Theater to the Comedy Store. And, you know, lovely night. Again, London's one of those cities that is bumping on Fridays and Saturdays and very quiet nighttime Monday through Thursday, which is when I was there. And uh, so uh, the streets are bustling. People are vomiting, singing. Yeah, you know, they they're drinking on the streets there with glasses of beer. Like it's so surreal. And uh, we walk up, and I see the comedy store, and the and I see one person standing outside of the comedy store, which was packed inside to the gills. Big comedy club too. And the one guy standing outside, and I could see it from a block away. It's Omid literally just standing there and I knew that he already knew like he's standing there like he had seen a ghost like looking at his phone just sort of like really creepily still I'm like yeah. oh my god this is this is gonna be about Brody I'm like I'm trying to escape from this yeah Brody well, thing you could, and he literally as I walk up I'm like dude he's like you know like it's like and I was still I'm like what's up you know <laughs> yeah like I was still just, just hadn't quite hit you complete cruise control I, I always thought that I was good with deaths my entire life um uh they they've been rough you know the my probably the second hardest one of this was my friend angelo bowers who got killed by a drunk driver just a few years into my comedy career um we were open micing together we truly started together he was a genius another one where it's like holy shit wow the, the funniest one's gone this guy was the that was the funniest guy in any of the classes around where i started and he got killed by a drunk driver after the like the day after finding out he had just beaten cancer, smashed by a drunk driver. Anyway, even then, very hard. But Matt and I have talked about this. It's like you know, uh, he was like, you know, this is this reminds me of Angelo, and I'm like, yeah, it does. But we were friends with Angelo for a few years. We started with him. This is so much crazier because this was a mentorship that not only wasn't just about on stage it was about off stage it was and you know monger angelo was two hour two exactly. years you've known brody exactly. for a decade and more Brody's than a positive energy thing let it be known like obviously he didn't live by it that's one of the fun facts about it is like he was definitely trying to convince himself positive energy stay positive like that was always his thing but he really never lived by it but other people did because of him so anyway so I'm hanging out with Omid that night, and he goes on stage. I'm just being a buddy at that point, you know, supporting a friend, right? But really, the plan was to for him to do his set. We were gonna have drinks at the comedy store, and he's on stage, and uh, I open up my Instagram app, and I start seeing the pictures of Brody, and that's yeah. when, <gasps> like, it's like I'm. I literally start choking up. I grab the manager, dude. I'm like, hey, man, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. 
Um, I didn't even get to say bye to Omid. Like, it's like it hit me really hard. And then I get to my hotel room and I'm exhausted. My sleep schedule was never right there. I, I, for some reason, I'd never caught up to the jet lag the whole basically two weeks I was in Europe. So I crash. And I don't even really remember being at my hotel that night. I wasn't drunk or anything like that. I literally was just, my brain was dead. And when I woke up that next morning, it was on like Donkey Kong. Like I woke up, did my usual thing with my phone, which was filled with messages and filled with a bunch of crazy shit. You know what I mean? Emails and tags on fucking social media. And I just could not believe it. I woke up at like 4 or 5 a.m. 6 a.m., something crazy, I can't remember, but it was a torrential downpour of being fucked up from this, and now, you know, there you go, so, you know, it was a strong one, this is the hardest death I've ever dealt with, and, uh, you know, what are you gonna do? Life moves on, and, you know, Brody would want us to push forward, and remain positive, and And leave leave a legacy, so, yeah, so I've been learning how to fly planes lately. Really? Yeah, how about that? My You've been p- taking pilot's license? Uh, I'm going to. I'm about to start. Right now, I just have a simulator, and I basically, I know how to fly planes. I know how to fly wow. them in emergency Wait, situations. Wait, so you got like a joystick and stuff? Yeah. And it plugs into your computer, or what's it yep. plug into? Yep. Well, uh, the one that I have just plugs into... Uh, the TV? Well, I have a couple ones. Yeah, it plugs into the TV. My favorite one really is on my iPad. They make these things so good that your iPad, now you can look around your entire cockpit, make adjustments on everything, and it's also your uh, it's also your joystick. Wow. I also have the joystick and throttle and all those is things. Is it fun or is it more like you're learning to do something? It's more like learning to do something and it's almost a meditative experience. It's ADD person's heaven. Because you can't be ADD, not for a second. If flying planes, it's That's literally... Cool. Like I might the, have to do that. Yeah, it's great. And in the beginning, I was horrible. Because you right. don't realize... So it's many like, things. Oh, my God, there's so many things. And there's so much to learn. But now, dude, I'm doing some crazy stuff. I got the high score globally on uh, one of the missions. How much does this cost? Not much. You'd be shocked, dude. And let me tell you something. I realized after starting this, uh, if you do you have an iPad? You have a newer iPad? No, but I'd get one. Um, the iPad one, in my opinion, is one of the greatest ones. But anyway, uh, you know what I learned realized is that dude that stole that plane up in Portland or Seattle or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what he was doing. He just had the the game yeah, and he's like, Let's give it a shot. And they don't want you to know that either. You know what I mean? It, I, they, they do blackouts on the news. Stuff that they don't want, you know, the police sure. and the government don't want people to sure. know. And for sure, this dude had either this program or a program just like it because it's really all you sort of need. I could see where he was fucked up. Like he wasn't ready for the altitude sickness. <laughs> like, like, have you ever listened to the recording of that guy that stole the plane? Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, sorry about up. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to puke. <laughs> it's like all this crazy shit. He wasn't realizing that flying low would burn gas and like all this shit. Like, he's like, man, the gas is going pretty fast. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's it's really funny, actually. It really to is. <laughs> that guy was a it's amazing silly. that he only killed himself. Thank God. Yeah. And he said on it, right? He's like, I don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah. Yeah. But he definitely learned from this app or an app just like it because uh, you can learn everything. Mm-hmm. I went from just crashing continuously 
to, you know, being able to fucking land a plane in an emergency situation with no elevator and flaps that don't work and your, uh, your rudder's broken and, uh, you got one engine out and your cockpit's filling up with smoke and all this crazy shit. You could set all these things to basically, you know, be broken, which is what you do in flight training, right. sort of. And you figure out how to counteract things and do things and uh it's one of the coolest things i've ever done and eventually the goal is to uh be flying myself get a pilot's license gig the gig yeah. yeah take a guy like you with me put on a headset like that and uh you be my co-pilot we ain't driving to san diego that's we're gonna right. fly down there that's right little 35 minute flight mm-hmm. easy breezy that's pretty cool yeah no i'm excited about it it's been one of the things that's that what happens when you get success and money you get so bored that you're like i'm gonna become a pilot yeah Bill Burr got his helicopter license. Yeah, I was hanging out with Bill a couple nights ago at the green room of the improv, just him and I, and I was going to bring it up, but I know he's more of a helicopter guy, and yeah. I'm into the airplanes, you know what I, I think mean? I'd be more airplanes, too, because helicopters, at least from what I hear, I don't obviously don't know him as much about it as Bill Burr, but it's so dangerous. Even people who have been doing it for years still crash helicopters. Yeah, wind is a doozy. Wind is something that we don't think of that much as being dangerous. You know, as a kid, you're like, ah, the leaves are blowing or whatever, you know what I mean? And you don't realize that uh, the wind is a hell of an earth anomaly. You know, it's like earth, wind, and fire. You'd be like, well, what the, what, why is wind in there? But it's like, woo! Wind is a hell of a freaking thing. It can really mess you up. Helicopters, airplanes, like, it's like you have to counteract for it. it it's not... It's not cutie pie bullshit. Wind yeah. is a goddamn force to be reckoned with. Ten yeah, I'm going to wait a year before I get in the plane with you. Yeah, definitely. Wait Maybe a year. Two. Wait a year when, when, when I have all new friends and uh, <laughs> the whole thing's filled. Sorry, Ari. Hey, uh, there's a train leaving for San Diego out of the I'm catching the train. I'm catching the Amtrak for a I year. Bet. Enjoy that year, dude. You're going to be watching uh, Jeremiah's Instagram stories <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> How long before you buy your own private jet? Um, a jet, a little bit of a doozy there. I'll, I'll definitely have a plane, um, and uh, that'll probably be, uh, if I had to guess, uh, five, five, six, seven years. So within ten years, you're gonna own a plane. Yeah, no doubt. And right. a, and a house out in um in the desert, maybe a That's hour and a half. Soon. East. That's happening even sooner. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna go east towards Joshua Tree, towards the cool. middle of the desert, build a fucking banger of a house, and. Uh, eventually who knows maybe have shows out there little parties once in a while you know sign me up for that gotta get out there maybe two hours east a nice drive into the comedy store once in a while for my spots or just fly in the santa monica airport or van nuys airport and just fucking get into an suv and i can see that happening oh it's a that's a life of beauty that's a life of beauty right there. Flying yourself to gigs. There you go. Come on. A man, a man who you'd think, what are his goals? He's done everything. Those are the goals. Little baby goals. Flying planes, having fun. Kevin Spacey was at the comedy store last night. And I didn't know that. Nobody knew that. Even the people that sat him didn't realize that it was Kevin Spacey. I had one guy come up to me, uh, one of the door guys, and go, your boy's sitting in the back because I right now have a six or seven minute did Kevin you do Spacey it? Bit. I wasn't even, I didn't have a spot and I uh, didn't. I just would said, you have done it? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> it's a pro Kevin Spacey bit. I take, uh, I don't want to give it anything away, or but even though I am giving everything away, but it's on his side of things. And I'm like, God 
damn it. It's one of those ones that I really wish I could have gotten up there. But at the same time, I guess I'm glad I didn't because even though I thought about it a bit afterwards, I'm like, even though it's on his side, even though it's the system screwed over Kevin Spacey, I think he went there to escape from yeah. that for sure. For sure. It would have been uncomfortable for him. A little bit. I also yeah. think he would have freaking loved it, but I, I think it goes both ways. It sort of would have been on his mind for the rest of the night instead of the show mm-hmm. overall being on his mind. Uh, because, man, that thing gets people to move and shake, and uh, and I think, it, I think he would have loved seeing people being on his side. I don't think he's seen that yet. Right. And uh, my bit, my take on it is... Uh, is that he's a great actor, obviously, and the situation? You actually, yeah, the situation that he got accused of is actually crazy. Yeah, it wasn't a kid. It was an eighteen-year-old that lied right. about being twenty-three, and right, you know. And I go through all the facts of the case. Like I actually did research on the case, and um, so yeah, I think he would have liked it. So that that fucked with me a little bit uh, last night. God damn it. Like, it's like one of those ones. Where he'll like, be back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll he'll get your back. shot. And if not, he'll see it on the He's special. got a lot of free time now. <laughs> he'll definitely see it on my next special. Yeah, yeah. One, a friend will send him the thing. and For sure. It'll be the cleanest version of it anyway. So, yeah. who knows? What are you, what do we do? What are we at? Did you, did you do it? I haven't been timing, but it's been a while. I think Has we could it? wrap it up. All right. This could be Brody's episode. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that was not really my intention, but you know what? Makes sense. I'm happy with it. I'm glad that we got to get it out there, and we'll do another one um, ASAP. The Pony Hour is back. It's let back. it be known. It's gonna be better this let time. Let it be. Don't don't get it twisted. This is not a wow. They came back to do a Brody tribute. Nope, wasn't even meant to be this. That just came from our guts and our hearts, and that's sort of what this show's about. It's not about being, you know, silly and all the hoopla. It's about sort of just covering the non-comedy side of things sometimes we'll hit you but not we really. got real here today yeah but who knows what's going to happen next time tune in that's to the pony true. hour that's true and uh who knows maybe next week uh it'll just be us maybe uh, maybe i'll bring a uh, snoop dog i'd like that guy in this garage yeah i'm sure we could get him here i'm sure he anytime likes- someone famous is in here including you mm-hmm. i'm like it's so funny that there's this rich guy Oh, I love it. In my By the way, this is my I, garage. This is my kind of studio. I'm yeah. coming back. We're All doing right. this. All right. The Pony Sounds Hour good. is back, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, Ari, I think, was kidding earlier when he said by popular demand, but it is true. The no, only, it wasn't. The only, yeah, yeah. the only reason I am doing this is because so many people around the world, I can literally say, because I was just in Europe, like we said, so many people, I always think they're pranking me when they're like, hey, when's the pony owl coming back? I'm like, what? Really? No, dude. I was. I mean, I chimed in on a couple of them barely mm-hmm. from just behind the scenes, and I get people asking me about it. Wow. So well, people really liked it. You're not behind the scenes anymore, buddy. Look That's at you. That's right. I'm a star. Yeah. Follow me. That's right. I want to be the next comedian on your radar. Wow, that's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) You looking right into the camera at these people. Give me a shot. Google me. Oh my God. I'm a star. Wow. School shooting style. I will date your sister. Oh. 
<laughs> All right. Well, check out the dates at TonyHinchcliffe.com. Make sure you see me live before I tape this next special. It's happening soon. And, uh, you know, Kill Tony is going everywhere. Make sure you see that live. Follow Ari Manis, A-R-I-M-A-N-N-I-S. You right. can't. You just can't beat that. Uh, and uh, thank you so much, Ari. I'm excited about our future together. Me we, too. We're back, baby. And we're you're going back. to La Jolla with me at the end of April. Excited. As long as Emily allows it. I think she will. Okay, perfect. All right. Uh, thank you to all of you that listen and uh, support. Again, uh, yeah, if you didn't know Brody, uh, uh, I apologize for talking about some guy you don't know and don't care about. But again, you know, it's going to help me get over this. And this way we could talk about something else next week. Love you all. Stay golden. Peace. Bye-bye.